All right, guys, what's going on? This is David for Flix Talk Podcast. Now, we have a really special episode this time. I'm going to be conducting my first interview with none other than real-life sister of White Boy Rick. Now, if you guys haven't checked out White Boy Rick, it is currently in theaters. It's been out for about two or three weeks now, and it does star Matthew McConaughey and Richie Merritt, who's new to the game. And uh, the actual Dawn is not too happy about how they portrayed her character in the movie because this is based on a true story. So I did see some footage recently, guys, where she was very upset with how the final cut of the film did come out. So she had some choice words to say to the director, and I just automatically wanted to reach out to her, and I actually got a chance to via social media and uh, wanted to set it up, and this is what came out. So check out our exclusive one-on-one interview with Dawn Wershe, a.k.a. White Boy Rick's sister. Hey, Don, how's it going? This is David. Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good, good. You remember me from Flix Talk? Yep. Okay, perfect. <laughs> how's it going this morning? Good. Okay. Yeah, a little bit chilly here, but we're good. Okay, now you're calling in Detroit, correct? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah, I'm glad I can get you on the phone. Just letting you know that we are recording right now. I wanted to kind of get okay. everything just kind of raw and uncut, you know? Okay. And um, I just wanted to get your take on everything because I know right now you're kind of making your rounds. And it looks like, I mean, you're, you're starting to do a pretty good job about it. I mean, I saw you on the on the local news there, Detroit News, and uh, a couple podcasts too. I searched that you were on a couple of, of guys' podcasts. Yes. So... Um, well, that one was a radio station, one was a podcast so far. Okay, very cool. So what's the message that you're trying to convey about... What happened after you saw the final cut of White Boy Rick? Well, I knew I knew going in there, I told one reporter that I was going to be emotional, first of all, because of it being my family and my father and my grandparents being deceased yeah. and not knowing what to expect. Yeah. But more so that the way I've been treated from day one, from Sony, Studio 8, um, my brother's attorney, Michael Weiss, and anyone involved in the film. Right. You know, down to the actress playing me, Belle Powley, that I've reached out to. Okay. So, with that being said, um, I wasn't treated very nicely at the theater, in my eyes, in my children's eyes. They, you know, tried to shush me when I was over by the media. Like, they didn't want me talking. They didn't want me to meet you on demand. Hmm. They tried to shush me to my feet so that we could, you know, start the film. And it was supposed to be a Q&A at the end of the film where the audience got to ask, Jan Demange's question with Kevin Beats, which is from Channel 4 here, and Lee Thompson from Channel 2. Mm-hmm. With that being said, when they found out that Johnny Curry, who's portrayed in the film, and myself were there, they changed it from Q&A from the audience to Lee Thomas and Kevin Beats asking Jan Demange questions 
which was very upsetting mm-hmm. because you did not want me to talk. You did not. You were worried what was going to come out of my mouth. Right. Which I was going to let the public know that you have no right to portray me. You have not contacted me. You know, and, and it's really not even about the money. It's about the, the way I've been treated. I mean, the disrespect, you know, I mean, the money comes in afterwards, but right. this movie's not going to help my brother get out of jail. Many people have contacted me and said I'm being greedy and the movie's white boy wrecked and why should they pay me? I'm not a public entity. I'm not a public figure. Mm-hmm. I have not been in and out of drug rehabs or any, any way where they could portray me in such a manner as they did in the film. Correct. Okay. Farthest thing from the truth is the way I was portrayed in the movie, which my 80-year-old aunt and anybody who grew up in the neighborhood will tell you. Right. I mean, when, when people saw the movie Thursday, and then I saw them again on Friday, because I was asked to leave the theater, which Imagine Theater went on, um, <clears throat> excuse me, to contact a free press here in Detroit and tell them they had nothing to do with ejecting me from the theater. They didn't ask me to leave. They, they in no way, shape, or form wanted to claim any part of it. And had I known that, I wouldn't have left. I would have stood there and held my ground. But I didn't want to cause a scene, and I left. And it was all the movie people. It was all Jan Demange and his people trying to keep me quiet so that my story doesn't get out there. Yeah. You know, you you portrayed me in a manner that's not only a lie, but it's embarrassing to my children who are adults and my grandchildren. Right. And, you know, and if you want to tell the truth, tell the truth, because I'm the most honest, don't sugarcoat anything. You know, but to yeah. tell a lie and make me look like a junkie. I've had so many people contact me, and then there's another article, I think it's on MLive, saying that I was a heroin addict. Never, 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 never. Farthest thing from the truth. Now, yeah. you now you were there at the premiere with your son, and he is uh, 30? 30 years old? I was, no, I, I, I have four children. I was there with all four of my children. Oh, okay. That you saw the video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a 21-year-old son, a 27-year-old son, a 29-year-old daughter, and a 31-year-old daughter. And we oh. were all there, as well as two of my close friends. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, um, because I was kind of reading the article, and they, and they said that uh, that someone's son was there at the film, ne- uh, sitting that's next Rick's to you. Son. Oh, that's Rick's, okay. Rick, Rick, Rick's son was there, as well as my four children. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, okay. Um, and that's why we're doing this, because I want to get, I want to get the, you know, because a lot of people don't know, especially out here, I'm over here in Southern California, a lot of people don't know, looking from the outside, you know, in. And um, right. so what did he think of the film afterwards? Um, well, I couldn't tell you, because I didn't get a chance to talk to him, and we're not real close. He doesn't talk to my brother. My oh. brother only talks, Rick only talks to two of his three adult children. He has three children. Okay. He has uh, a daughter, a son, and then another daughter. Okay, and that's the that's the youngest talks, daughter. That's the youngest daughter that was portrayed in the movie, correct? No, no, that's his oldest daughter. Well, that's the oldest daughter. Okay. In the movie. Okay. Right. He doesn't talk to his son or his youngest daughter. Okay. They have no relationship. Which I talk to his youngest daughter every day, and okay. she's every everyone's appalled and shocked at at the movie, the way they portrayed my grandparents, the way they portrayed my dad, the way they portrayed me. I mean, they made us look like poor white trash. Yeah. Which was hard to stay from the truth. I mean, you know. So as so as far as as portraying you guys, um, were the times pretty accurate accurately portrayed in Detroit in the eighties around that time? I'm sorry, one more time. Were the times of Detroit in the eighties depicted properly in the film? In your eyes? Um, somewhat, somewhat, somewhat yeah. to an extent. I'd say that that's probably the most accurate that they had. Mm-hmm. Is, is how the times were. 
Okay, so do you think they just kind of glammed it up in Hollywood, Hollywoodized, I guess, the characters that were portrayed by you guys? Well, I mean, the movie was all over the place. It didn't give any, you know, it, it jumped from scene to scene to scene, and it didn't give any closure to anything. Right. You know, a lot of people are like, you know, it was all over the place. It was it was sketchy here, sketchy there, and then, you know, it just went on to the next scene. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really give you the story, which the story in itself is a story. It's a Hollywood movie. You know, my life, my life was a Hollywood movie without having to glam it up. And I think the truth would have been more accurate. Mm-hmm. Than, than their Hollywood portrayal because it's not 50% accurate, the movie, I would say. Yeah. And it's funny that you say that because actually the critics are giving it a 58% and it keeps getting lower and lower. And that's one of the things that people had to say was this movie was very choppy. It didn't seem really well put together. Well, see, it's the same thing that I say and anybody who grew up with us, anybody who's in our family. I mean, I have cousins that are like, we're not going to see it. And then they went to see it and went, oh my God, I, I wish I never would have saw it. Yeah. I had I had my mother's best friend from Detroit, which I just hung up with her prior to you. She's 78. And she said, she called me hysterical when she saw the movie mm-hmm. and said, the way they portrayed you and your grandparents, I can't believe they did that. I can't believe, I mean, hysterical. Like, this is the biggest lie there ever was told. You know, and she should know. She lived two doors down from us. So now you know, we... I have the little girl who's, whose grandmother lived next door also saying, this is a big lie. I mean, people in the neighborhood can tell you it's all a lie, pretty much. So when you say but, it's, when it's all a lie, was anything at all factual in that film other than, you know, um, you know, him having a daughter or, you know, uh, him getting pretty, pretty it, it seems like to me he was forced and, and there was, like you said in, in the Detroit interview, the news interview, that this seems very illegal what they're doing, the FBI itself. Uh-huh. Now, was there anything that you thought was actually happened in the movie, or was it completely 100% fabricated, do you think? I, more of it was fabricated. I mean, Rick didn't get shot in our house. He was shot in a boy's house in the neighborhood. Um, Johnny Curry never beat anybody with a bottle in Vegas. Rick, Rick and I were in Vegas together because... At the time, I guess he was an informant, which was unbeknownst to me. So my dad mm. said, hey, he's going to Vegas, which I thought he was going to hang out with the Currys. I'm going to send you to keep an eye on him. Right. So, you know, they portray us as this dirt poor, scuzzbag family, but my father gave me money to go to Vegas. So where did he get this money if we were just these poor, vagabond people that just, you know, made dollar to dollar to, to live, you know? I mean, I went to Vegas with Rick to keep an eye on him for my dad because he was only 15. Mm. I at the time thought he was going just to hang out with these people. Didn't know anything about him being an informant until after he was shot. So, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of misconstruities in, in the film, you know, where they, they switch everything to the total opposite end of the spectrum as to the way it was the truth or the way it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I totally empathize. I mean, I, I understand because they did. They made you look like you were a junkie that was never there, and they didn't show you in that Las Vegas scene. They always kept you. They they showed you as someone that was too hard to handle, and you just ended up leaving the family. Right. And right. That's, and that's not the case. I've never I've never done drugs in my father's house. Never mm-hmm. would I be having sex on the couch with anyone. Which the, yeah. the character that they have in the movie has my ex-husband's name, which I was not with my ex-husband until 
a few years later, mm-hmm. but that was uh, another guy that I dated. My husband never condoned drugs or anything like that. So now you have the mother and father of four adult children on the film looking like total jackasses, mm-hmm. you know. And it's very upsetting to my kids because it's not the truth the way they portrayed me, nor was their father the one there feeding me drugs or anything. Mm-hmm. So people that really don't know my children, or even people that do, can take that out of context and, and, and run with it, which, I mean, they, they had no bearing on anything we said or did, but people are cruel. And yeah. people have made comments to my kids, and people have made comments on Facebook. My phone does not stop. Either it's good, bad, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, anytime my brother's on the news here, my phone goes off the chain. You know, people are trying to reach out to me. Oh, I went to fifth grade with you and we stubbed our toe together. And, and, and I swam in a pool that you swam in. And, and you know my brother. No, I don't. You know, yeah. which I've learned how to deal with. But, you know, there's a lot of people saying a lot of ugly things that aren't the truth on social media, which my children are on social media. They're 21 through 31. Right. You know, and they see all this and it's upsetting and hurting to them. You yeah. know, which when people come out and attack me, on social media, I try and tell them, get your facts together. Your facts are not correct. The movie was not correct. And you need to stop because you're hurting my children. People don't care. People don't care. I mean, honestly, I, I think I need maybe to check into counseling because it's really weighing heavy on my mind, all that I'm going through and all these, you know, accusations flying. I mean, I have so many people thinking that I'm a junkie or a heroin addict and I mean, I'm getting ready to get my real estate license. I mean, I never was that, but how is this going to affect me in my everyday business? I I, I couldn't tell you right now, you know, but that's a concern of mine also. Right. So uh, jumping to all of that. So what, what is the legal issue going on here? Because as far as I know, that's defamation of character. Um, Are there lawsuits pending of what's going, what's going on? Because so from what I, what I read was that, and this is back to the Detroit interview, the WXYZ TV was saying that you guys signed, right. signed two separate contracts for the film, but refused to sign a third for this version that's out now. Okay. Let me break it down and explain. Sure. There was a gentleman that came forward with a script and contacted my father and I in the early 2000s, and we signed our rights to him with his movie script for 18 months for him to make a movie, which never, never came about. So that that first one died after the 18 months, my life right. The second one that we signed was from my brother's attorney, Michael White, um, when Eminem was supposed to buy the movie rights and play my brother. I used to have contact with his manager, Stuart Parr. Um, they would send us concert tickets and so on. Rick was not involved in the stolen car ring down in Florida, and they backed out of the project, which was a whole nother script, a whole nother ballgame. Um, I was contacted by my brother's attorney here, which I have all emails to prove, and said, this is the old contract you signed in 2004. This is the new one they need you to sign for the new movie in 2015. I was contacted, which at that time I refused. I said, no, I'm not on good terms with my brother. I'm not signing anything if I'm not being paid. I want to know how they're portraying me, so on and so forth. And two months later, they said, we don't need your signature. We're good. Because they took the old one that was not notarized, signed in a backyard barbecue at my home, me, my father, and my mother, at my house, at a barbecue with many, many witnesses, that we were all drinking, partying, Rick said, go ahead, sign it. Michael White said, he's got you, he'll take care of you. 
which other people have come forward and said Michael made promises to them that he was going to give me at least a hundred thousand, which I've done my research and a hundred thousand for a major motion film is peanuts. It starts at a hundred thousand and goes and upwards of a quarter of a million and up for your life rights. So now you've taken my life rights illegally from one project to another, claiming it's the same project, and it's not. Um, you've been promising me all along, which which recently my brother and I, who were estranged, popped back in and said, hey, I'm proud of you. You, you went to real estate school. You know, we, we hadn't talked for a few years since my father died. Mm-hmm. And my first gut feeling was they're trying to keep me quiet because the movie's coming out. Well, I believe that to be so. Because in text messages from his girlfriend to me, he supposedly spent a whole legal call, an hour or what have you, with his attorney recently, Michael Weiss, who had to do with the film. And Michael Weiss was going to reach out to Sony and have them contact me, which to this day still hasn't happened. Still hasn't happened. They're taking and basing my character in the movie on one sentence out of an article uh, that my dad claimed back in 19, I think it was, 80, 84 or 86 that I was in and out of treatment centers for nine years. Never have I been in and out of treatment centers ever in my life. And if that was the case, if it was nine years, I would have been 11 years old doing drugs. Never. Wow. So they're basing my character on one sentence that we never saw or read, which you can't get them for slander now because so much time has passed. But I mean, how, how would I know this article is out there if you don't point it out to me? I mean, anybody can write an article, anybody can say anything, and anybody who knows my father will tell you, and there's very reputable people that know him, will tell you my father never would have said a bad word about me, even if it wasn't true. So that's a lie that that came out of my father's mouth, because it's a lie, but if it wasn't true, he wouldn't have told the magazine that. Right. You know? So, <clears throat> excuse me, was the portrayal of your dad, you know, it looked like he was selling and then modifying and then, or actually buying, modifying, and then reselling guns. Was that accurate? Well, in a sense, yes, but the way they portrayed him, no. Mm-hmm. My father had a gun shop on 12th and Forest during the riots in 56. So my father's always been involved with guns. Mm-hmm. We went to gun shows on weekends like they showed Rick and my dad. And my dad would buy a bunch of BB guns and let Rick and I sit at a table and sell them and make money. He'd say, okay, I spent a hundred bucks, anything over a hundred dollars, you guys get to split. He taught us, you know, he taught us qualities that we needed for life. You need to learn how to sell things. You need how to learn how to be a business person. The shady way they did it, never did my dad go around with guns in his trunk or look like some sleazeball like that. Never, 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 never would we have spoken to my father the way they have us in the film. Mm. Never. Not on a bad day. Yeah. So then how was your upbringing uh, as children uh, with your parents, you and Rick? I'm sorry. Uh, how, how, my, my mother and father divorced when I was eight and Rick was five. Mm-hmm. And my father was, I believe, the first or the second man in Michigan to gain custody of the kids back then. Mm, okay. um, because he deemed my mother incompetent, um, unfit parent, and the court agreed with him. So my father raised us with the help of my grandparents who lived across the street. We led a normal life. We went to school. I was a straight-A student. Rick had his little issues here and there. He wasn't a straight-A student like me, but never never like you know, the stories are told. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we we went to Florida every year for Christmas. We went to SeaWorld and Cedar Point every summer. I mean, we lived a better life as kids than, than most parents who work two jobs can provide their kids now. 
you know, we, we, we weren't, we weren't dirt poor, as they say, eating powdered eggs and milk and, and living in a scud. We had a very nice house, which I gave Carolyn Clifford pictures. I mean, we had, we had a nice house. We're living in the neighborhood, but it wasn't the neighborhood when we, you know, when we lived there. We lived in there when I was three. Mm-hmm. So by the time I was 18, 16, you know, yes, the neighborhood had changed, as does any neighborhood, you know. But uh, our house never looked the way it did. My dad never looked like that. We didn't dress like that. My grandparents were very meek and, and, and minded their own business and never would have been in the street arguing or looking unshaved, unclean, like, like a bunch of drunk derelicts or anything. Mm-hmm. So. so prior to the film coming out, did you guys get any rough cuts or see any footage or stills or anything that was coming out besides the script? No. No, other than the trailers that we've seen on the internet or TV, mm-hmm. which a lot of people also have reached out to me and said, well, what happened to the yacht scene? Well, what happened to the, the plane scene? They put these, you know, trailers on TV like it was this big mega, mega, you know, party, you know, on a, on a big yacht and on a big jet plane. And then these scenes were all cut from the film. Right. And and that's that's one thing I was telling uh, my buddies afterwards. I said, you know what? There's a lot of things in the trailer, like the Matthew McConaughey scene that portrayed your father. And he was on a, on a plane, it looks like, but that was nowhere in the movie. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, they, they advertised one thing and then gave you another. So, I mean, yeah. that shows their character, not mine. Now, now going back to, um, you know, I'm sorry, your, your family has to go through this, especially the, um, you know, the ages, like you said, 21 to 31. That's kind of the millennial age right now, especially where everybody's on social media. And if they don't like you or if they hear things about you in the media, they're going to troll you and they're just going to leave hateful, hateful comments. And these people don't know the truth at all. So exactly. they're automatically uh, the, all the comments that I've been seeing is uh, Rick is a rat, you know. Rick is you know yeah. his family is a rats, and 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 everybody just doesn't know anything of you know. Right. So I'm glad that you're you're here talking to me, and I'm going to try to push this interview as much as I can because I know you're on the same campaign. And going back to that video in the theater at the end of the video whoever was recording because i just saw about two minute clip and you guys can check this out at uh, youtube.com forward slash flicks talk i have the the uncut version up there someone recorded you um pretty much going off on yon demange <laughs> and and rightfully well, so I, and rightfully so i tried to ask a question mm-hmm. and they shushed me you know yeah. like no we're not going to talk about that now but you know like no and everyone in the theater was saying why can't you just answer her question? She has a valid right. question. That's not right. I mean, there's like four or five videos floating around. Right. If you look for them. And most of the videos that I've seen have people in the background, you know, rallying the troop with me saying, why, well, why are you treating her like this? Well, why did you do that? Why, why can't you answer her question? Oh yeah. And, uh, a lot of people got up and left the theater when they asked me to leave and said it was BS that they asked me to leave. And had my back because I did nothing wrong. You know, did I, did I act the way I normally do? No. I mean, it, I blew it all out of proportion, but it was, it was so much water under the bridge <clears throat> with the way they treated me from day one to the way they treated me and my children at the theater trying to hush up and get up to our seats. So I couldn't even meet Jan Demange. Yeah. And when I went back out into the lobby, and saw that he was giving interviews. Now, I'd never met this man. He made a movie about my family. I would think that you would want to meet me and talk to me. Right. But obviously, I was wrong. I waited for him to finish on the red carpet, and his handlers or people 
were like, what are you doing out here? And I said, well, I'd like to meet Jan. And I stood there quietly and patiently. And when he was done, I put my hand out and I said, Jan Demange. And he said, yes. And I said, I'm Rick Worsley's sister. And he said, oh, nice to meet you. And nonchalantly looked the other way, like, so what? Hmm. So I then walked to the other end of the red carpet with Johnny Curry, who was portrayed in the movie. And they came down there and wanted a picture with Jan Demange and Johnny Curry and I. Which that was the only the only time I was around him, and then when the picture was done, he went his own way once again, like it was all publicity, mm. you know. And I, I just think it was horrible, you know. And like I said, they they changed from the end Q and A from the audience to Q and A from Kevin Deitz and and Lee Thomas. Well, what the heck are two newsmen supposed to ask about the movie? Really? How about you know? How about you went with the original thing? So that upset me, and that's why I was so adamant to get my point out. Like, why? Why did you change this? Why can't you answer my questions? Because you don't want any questions asked. Because they knew Johnny Curry and I were there, and if he didn't speak up, possibly I put both of us. Well, I was the one that stood up and asked the question. I mean, I'm not saying Johnny Curry wasn't going to or didn't, but he didn't, and I did. And the way I was treated, it made me go into fifth gear, and it just wasn't right. You know, for me asking a question, you could have just answered it or said, you know, whatever. But right. you, you, you chose to sweep it under the rug and then <clears throat> tell your bodyguard, your bodyguard's telling him to get me out of there. Get her out of here. Like, he's motioning, pointing at me and motioning to get me out. And that's when they came over and said, you need to leave. Well, I assumed it was the theater asking me to leave. Had I known it was just the movie people, I would have stood my ground. Right. Now, now, is Johnny Curry taking legal action as well? Because his portrayal was well, fabricated as well, right? <laughs> No, I, I do talk. I do talk with him and his people, and mm -hmm. I can't answer that right now. But from what I know, you know, if you are a public entity or your life was in the public light, it's harder to slander you or or to have to have your rights to portray you in a manner that's already been portrayed to the public eye. Mm -hmm. I have never been anything like in the movie. There's no public trail. There's no nothing on the news. That there's no arrests for me. Whereas other people can't say the same. So I can't answer that at this time, but I will be getting with them. I had canceled all interviews due to my attorney telling me to hold off a minute and uh, due to just not feeling well with the overwhelming, you know, results of this movie. Right. Now, did so you... You're, you're, the, you're the first interview that I've done since, I've, since I'm getting back. Oh, know, wow. I feel honored. And like I said, I'm really going to push this as much as I can to all my social medias and, and just anywhere we can tag it and, and, and get people listening. I, I really want people to hear this side of the story because, right. you know, watching, especially on the, you know, WXYZ TV Detroit, you could tell it's, it's very quick cut and, and edits and they ask those kind of those, those safe questions, you know, and they don't really get uh -huh. to the nitty gritty of everything. Um, but I did see I did see you post a picture on your uh, on your social media on Instagram, and uh, that was one of them was was a picture of you, Jan Demange, and uh, John Curry, and uh, underneath I guess this was the picture you're talking about that was before the film, before you actually saw the final cut of the film, and you guys look really happy yeah. actually, and um, well that was when he go ahead I'm sorry no no go ahead go ahead that was when he had walked down to the other end of the red carpet. And mm. just wanted a picture with us. But <clears throat> so, regardless yeah. of the picture, I mean, we should have had a private screening, which a lot of people have said also. Def you know, definitely. they had to know that there was going to be emotions at stake. And, and, and if they talk to my brother, know I am. I'm a very emotional person mm. from get-go. 
So now you're portraying me, my brother, and my deceased relatives, who my dad was my best friend. Yeah. You know, my father, our father died of cancer in 2014. Actually, Tuesday, it'll be four years. So mm-hmm. it's an emotional time of year for us because we were all so close with my dad. And to portray him in that manner and for me to have to see it with the public. I mean, I stopped through the first half of the movie Thursday night and had to excuse myself and come back in at the end. So I didn't even see the whole movie on Thursday at the red carpet premiere. It wasn't until Friday at the WDIV private screening that I got a chance to watch the whole movie and take it in, which was still very upsetting because it was even more that I didn't see on Thursday. Yeah. Now, under that caption of that picture, uh, someone in the, in your comments said, uh, something, something to the effect of, I'd punch him in the face. <laughs> and you replied that the old Don would have. So, yes. how has the new Don changed since her past? Well, I mean, I, I've come to learn there's a lot of things you need to let go. You know, you need to pick and choose your battles. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when you attack my family, it's, it, it, it's like my dad says in the movie, a lion, and I always compare myself to a grizzly bear. Don't, don't mess with my family. Yeah. You know, cause you're gonna poke the sleeping bear and, and you're not gonna like, you're not gonna like what you get. I'm very, very protective over my brother, my father, my children, my grandchildren, you know, but violence isn't the answer. I'm not saying, you know, I would have done it. I mean, it was just a comment I made on whim, but like, how can you do this? I mean, you, you, you have this movie out here that just makes our family look like a, a, a three-ring circus. Yeah. And that wasn't the case. It wasn't the case. Yeah. I mean, like I said, my grandparents were very meek and mild-mannered and minded their own business and worked at Chrysler. And, you know, my dad had many, many businesses. My father invented ball bearings that Tony Hawk beat on at the accident. My dad was not some shady, seedy character like they portray him. Mm-hmm. He had more patents than probably anybody in the state of Michigan for inventing things. Mm-hmm. He invented a, a, a trigger mechanism for, I think it was AR-15s or AK-47s, <clears throat> where three bullets came out at once, which he had to get approval. And, you know, I mean, I could sit here and go on and on oh. and list the things he's invented. So yeah. they make him look like he was this drug dealer. He never allowed my brother to sell drugs. Never, never, never. He was totally against it. You know, they make it look like my father and my grandparents were in on it. No, never. Not the case. Well, you know, in, in, in true actuality, it was the total opposite. Like I said, the opposite end of the spectrum. Everything that was the truth, they went to the opposite end and put it in the movie. Yeah, there's very a, upsetting. There, there is a scene in the movie that I thought was a little odd where it shows Rick and, and his small crew kind of rolling up, you know, uh, you know, dope on the counter and, and the grandma around kind of hiding Rick's gun in the, in the oven. I thought that was a little strange. Yeah. Yeah, never. Never, never, yeah. never, never has my brother been around my grandparents or my dad with the drugs, yeah. or has my grandma hit a gun, or would she even touch a gun? Never would Rick ever have a gun. I, I, we had more respect for our grandparents than that. We yeah. never, never did anything like that. Just like the shooting scene <clears throat> at the diner. It was actually at a gas station, mm. and Rick and I were coming from downtown, and we were in separate cars. And Rick left the car running, and I was at the payphone, and someone jumped in his car and took off, and we jumped in my car and chased after him, and Rick shot at him and went to jail. I didn't shoot at anybody. I didn't go to jail. Oh, wow. But in the movie, that's, yeah, that's the way they portray it, that we both shot. Never. No. Didn't happen that way. Now, did you say that you had, you have talked to Rick recently? 
Yeah, I talked to him in August a couple of times. Okay. Um, since the movie, or before? Was this before the movie? No, before before the movie. Before the movie. Okay. I have not spoken with him since the movie. Okay. So, um, at the end of the movie, they say that he got parole in 2017. Was that what it was? And yes. Okay, and that he's officially out 2020. Yeah. Well, yes, because he's out in Florida serving time. Okay. Okay. So, do you know his next moves or his what's going to happen in 2020 for him? Well, right now he has a girlfriend and he plans on doing speaking events, and I'm pretty sure he's coming back to live here. Um, he has an itinerary set up where there's many people that have offered him jobs. I'm sure he'll, he'll fare well. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll be back incarcerated or commit any crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just. I, I, I really can't answer exactly the way it'll, you know, all go down. I mean, I had a, a radio station offer him and me a job, him oh. as a, a radio personality for an hour, and me as a producer. So, oh, wow. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I can't answer anything right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't know in two years what I'll be doing. I'm getting ready to take my real estate test and hopefully be selling real estate, and I don't know what Rick will do. Yeah. You know, I mean, and then again, his mind could change from now to next week to next month. But I do know they're working on getting him out early. Hopefully he won't have to wait till Christmas 2020, which would be a beautiful thing. Yeah. But uh, he shouldn't even be down in Florida. They should have ran the sentence consecutive, concurrent instead of consecutive. I mean, he suffered enough. Our family suffered enough. Yeah. I mean, over the years, people don't believe the harassment that we've gotten from police or the treatment that we have incurred because of our last name. It's like a curse. Yeah. And people say, well, I don't believe they still believe it. And I'm going to tell you, my 27-year-old son was riding with my ex-husband's nephew in Detroit about a month ago. And they call it uh, the jump squad, pulled them over and ripped them out of the car and said, well, how are you related to White Boy Rick? Is he your dad or your uncle? And my son said, what the hell do you care? What's it got to do with what you're pulling me over for? What, 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 what do you want? I mean, do you think that my kids are, are drug dealers because of who my brother was or because they they are down in a the neighborhood they shouldn't be? I mean, I, I don't know I don't know what, what their problem is, but this we've incurred our whole life. Now now you know, the ch- as long as we're incarcerated, it has affected me and my children. Yeah. You know. I remember one time um my ex husband had assaulted me before we were married, right after Rick went to jail. And the police had him outside, and I could hear them. I was in my garage listening. And they said, you need to get away from her. That's white boy Rick's sister. And I'm thinking, I'm like 110 pounds. He's about 180. I'm 5'3", he's six foot, and I'm bleeding. But you need to get away from me. Okay. You know? Wow. Well, now, now, the term, now that, you know, the word, um, the name white boy Rick, did that come from the media? Or was that like a, uh, was that given by his crew? Or what was going on with that? Actually, I believe Johnny Curry and them were the ones who gave him the nickname White Boy Rick because mm. it was Maserati Rick. So when you talked about Rick, in order to know which Rick, they start calling him White Boy. White Boy Rick. Which Rick? White Boy Rick. Oh, wow. It wasn't the media. And there's a boy that runs his Facebook page, which he lived on our block as children, came back into the picture about 2013 or 2014, and had no contact with Rick or my family over that time. And we've now come to learn that he's mentally unstable. He contacts people, be it Sony, news people, 
private people with messages down and sends horrible messages to them about what they said or about my family with these stories that he makes up in his head. Mm-hmm. I mean, he recently sent uh, on September 20th to a girl that I know from the neighborhood, um, do you smoke crack with them? Well, she's deranged and her brother doesn't talk to her, doesn't want anything to do with her. That's not true. That's not true, but, you know, this is what goes on. So, I mean, it's just, it's like the never-ending story. Yeah. Well, I thank you. And, and, and before we leave, um, I wanted to go back to that, to the theater video. At the end of the video, you do say that I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get my story on the Hollywood Reporter as far as I can. Have you reached out to the bigger media outlets to try to get your story to them? Um, not since the movie, I haven't. I, I reached out to one publication and spoke with the senior editor and haven't heard back from them. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really reached out to anybody else, but now that, uh, I'm feeling better and, and, uh, back on the, back on the trail that I, I definitely will be reaching out to anybody and anybody to get the story out there. Okay. I mean, the truth needs to be told. Of course. Definitely. Okay, well, um, that's all the questions that I have. And, and, and was there anything else you wanted to say before I let you go? No, I appreciate you letting me get my story out there. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. And like I said, we're going to try to get this as far as we can and uh, tag as many people as we can because I, you know, uh, I, I look at it. We review movies here and I looked at it from a movie standpoint and I thought it was entertaining. I actually really liked the film. But once I saw that this is based on a true story and we know nowadays that based on a true story really doesn't mean shit. It's, it's, you know, a lot of it's fabricated and it's for entertainment value. But once I saw that footage and I got introduced to you through that, it really intrigued me and I wanted to reach out and, and see what other people, and there was a lot of people commenting under the video, that's wrong, that's messed up, they shouldn't have done that to her. And, and apparently they, they do this to other people in biopics as well. So I'm glad we got the chance to talk about this. This is, this is, this is very informative and, and a lot of, eye-opening things for me well thank you definitely so uh thank you. yeah thank you don Worshi. and uh do you want to be called don or white boy rick's sister because <laughs> i know they've been donning <laughs> you know don, actually my name right now is don scott i haven't taken back my, okay. my last name yet okay it's okay. a formality in court but uh don Worshi's fine okay cool so thank you so much don and we appreciate having you on the show thank you very much have a good day all right thanks you too bye-bye all right, guys. So uh, that was Miss Don Scott, Don Worshi, aka White Boy Rick's sister, and that was her story. And there was a lot of information that I didn't know, especially Maserati Rick, and um, let alone the whole portrayal of the family. And I'm glad she got to, you know, call in, and she was calling from Detroit. And take some time out of her day to just kind of fill us in in this whole situation. Because like I said, we're watching this from an entertainment standpoint. Uh, but when it comes to this, you know, based on a true story, you're messing with people's lives here and you have to get the story straight. And I'm glad that we could clear this all up. So thank you guys so much for listening till the end. Like I said, this was my first interview. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, please leave a comment below if you guys can. Give this video a thumbs up if you guys are watching it on my YouTube or make sure you guys are subscribing on iTunes, CastBox, and Google Play Music. Try to share this, guys, and get this to as many people that need to hear the truth as possible. All right, guys? Thank you so much for listening. This is David for Flix Talk signing out, saying thanks for listening and thanks for watching.